So I want to let you guys know this Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are finally going to get to doing the show on YouTube called Ask Tony Anything. We were supposed to do it last month and we had some serious technical difficulties where my brother and I spent about three hours preparing for the show and getting everything set up. We were good to go. We had our meetings and everything. And then we went to do the testing of the microphones and nothing was working. It drove me nuts. I spent about two hours after we were supposed to go live trying to figure it out. But hey, we figured it out. And so this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to go live with Ask Tony Anything on YouTube. So go to youtube.com, look up the confessionals, hit subscribe because we are going live this Friday. Let's go. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door curl up to grab it and then disappear when he came over to me dude he slithered over to me and this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen and he starts running and firing at this giant well the giant moves got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face, they basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg and I look over and there are two small gray entities and they're literally I'm getting pulled off the bed I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now for the Art Bell iTunes five-star ratings and reviews, if you don't know, if you're a new listener, we do five-star ratings and review shout-outs from iTunes every week. All you got to do is go ahead and do that, and you'll get a shout-out on the following week's show. And this week's shout-outs is ColaNut54, LumberZack88, Baby Hands, Can DJ Lex, uh, you guys and your names, My Aching Nuts, Diva 17, Lilypad 1788, Instructor 29, Corn Mom 5, Joe Telfer, and Riley Who. Thank you very much for going to iTunes and leaving that five-star rating and review. It means a lot to me. It helps the show out a lot on iTunes, and we all know iTunes is the biggest platform for podcast. So thank you very much. Now moving on here, we got the Patreon shout outs. This is for people who go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become patrons. And this week's shout outs is 
Joe D, Heather D, Steve D, Joshua F, Aaron, Penny P, Gwendolyn G, and Brian B. Thanks so much for going to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and signing up to become patrons. I really hope you enjoy your experience and I think it's awesome. So let's get into this week's show. We have Andy coming on and Andy's going to be talking Bigfoot to us this week. It's one of those situations where you're not exactly sure what's going on, but you think it's Bigfoot. You see some things and you're just like, uh, yeah, I just experienced that. So let's get into it right now with Andy. Let's go. Okay, tonight I have a good guest coming on. I have Andy. Andy, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty good, Tony. Good, man. So you have a couple of Bigfoot encounters that you've had, and uh, they're both in the sim- same area. Uh, the first one happened, I think you told me, last year. Uh, so why don't you just kind of walk us into what happened and uh, share with us what you saw, man? All right. Yeah, it was uh, more like uh, two years ago, the initial time Okay. Uh, that something went on. and. Uh, pretty much what went on is, you know, I'm a big fly fisherman, do a lot of outdoor stuff, you know, I'm real comfortable, you know, kind of being as uh, frugal as I can as far as the equipment I bring in the woods. I just enjoy that side of it, you know. And uh, most of the time what I'm doing is I'm finding uh, creeks and, you know, these spring rivers or streams, you know, that they've got native brook trout in them, but, you know, we've only got them here in the eastern sea. And, uh, you know, so any one of them I can find that's kind of off the beaten path, you know, it's just better fishing. You know, now they're usually extremely isolated. Uh, so, you know, you might be three miles off the main trail. And like I said uh, earlier, uh, you know, I've got quite a bit of military training, and, you know, to help me out with some stuff and just got real comfortable with it. So just getting that kind of isolation just makes me feel better and uh, kind of clears my head and stuff. So, uh, let's just say, I mean, if you drew a, uh, longitudinal line across Tennessee, I'm like right in the middle, as far east as you can get. And, uh, probably four to six miles, somewhere like that off of the main trail. And what was going on here, what I normally do, because you're supposed to always camp in a certified area when you're in uh, the national park, you know, uh, uh, my intention was to, cut across, you know, there's three uh, ridges that had to go across and then I'd hit this river or else a stream, you know, it's maybe like four foot wide and head straight up it and fish my way. You know, uh, once I got pretty much to the headwaters of the stream, I would cut across another mile and that would get me to a backcountry campsite. Uh, so that was the intention. And what actually happened that, that evening was, you know, the fishing was really good. It was a uh, larger brook trout than what you normally get, especially at that elevation. And so I kind of got carried away in the moment, just enjoying myself and got lost in nature. And, uh, you know, kind of realized that after a while that, you know, it's getting darker a lot earlier than I thought it was, you know, kind of lost track of time. And, you know, ashamed to admit it, but I, I was like, all right, I got to make a site, a campsite right here nearby. You know, because I'm never going to make it to a certified site. And so that's pretty much what I did. You know, I kept the next three or four fish that I caught. Once I got them out, I started setting up camps. 
and uh, you know make a fire right off the bat so I can cook everything up. And whenever I can, I always I just use a hammer. And I've got a rain fly I keep on top of it. But if you know if that looks pretty kosher as far as the sky goes, I don't even use it. And this was in late February. It was pretty cold. Still had my I've, you know got some pretty top notch gear when it comes to that. So I wasn't going to use a canopy. Just sat there by the fire lot you know, open air, really enjoy myself. Um, so by the time it was dark, you know, I had the fish cooked, I'm good to go and, uh, get in bed. So that's pretty much what I did. You know, there's no one to talk to. That's the way I like it. So I hopped in the hammock, you know, zipped up in my sleeping bag and just started, you know, kind of relaxing. Now, whenever I'm there, the only thing I ever carry with me is a 45. Um, pretty, I've got a lot of, uh, I said nostalgia for the old 1911s, and so that's what I carry. Even though they're heavy, I keep them with me. Um, so I'm laying there, and I keep it in a pocket on the side of my hammock. And it's never really a concern. It's more one of those things where that if I didn't dispose of the fish real good, you know, in case a bear comes up or things get out of hand, at least I'm in control of the situation. Uh, so what happened this evening is after I'd had everything cooked up and was in bed, I'm laying there, and I'm listening to stuff you know, falling around me, and I'm thinking, it's just acorns. You know, if you were camping in October or November, acorns are falling all the time. Don't think anything of it. And I didn't at the time. Um, and, you know, somewhere in that point, I kind of realized, you know, well, it's end of February, and there's not any acorns falling. You know, what is that actually falling around me? And pretty much as soon as that thought had crossed my mind, uh, one of them hit the side of my hammock, and landed on my chest, and it wasn't an acorn, it was a rock. Um, so the um, alpha male, you know, kind of came out, and I really flipped out, hopped out of my hammock as quick as I could. Because uh, I'm a pretty big guy, you know, I'm 6'5", 280 pounds. I mean, there's not much that I can't take in my mind, you know. And <laughs> so I'm screaming, right. you, know, you know, who's out here? You know, what are you... What, who do you think you're messing with? Like, you know, this is this is bullshit. Uh, for lack of a better word, you know, I was enraged, you know, for someone to be out in the middle of nowhere messing with me. And of course, I'm yelling at myself. You know, no one answers. You know, I'm kind of feeling like a fool there for a second. And I even realized, like, man, you, you you jumped out. You didn't grab your gun. You know, you don't know what kind of fools out here. Uh, especially in the middle of nowhere, it could be some meth head or moonshiner. You know, that's just paranoid. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, so I kind of calmed down, you know, I'm like, all right, no one's going to get the better of me. You know, I, I know how to do this. I can sneak up on anybody. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that ability actually. So it was like, uh, all right, this person thinks they're smart. I'm going to get them. So I get away from the fire, you know, I've got my gun, I'm relaxed and getting real stealthy. You know, I've got my back away from everything. I'm letting my eyes adjust. And, uh, you know, of course, there's no moon. It's a new moon, just as dark as it can be. You know, all you can see is the stars. And maybe an hour, hour and a half, somewhere in there went by. Uh, and I don't ever carry a watch or anything with me whenever I'm doing this stuff. You know, I just I count the days. That's kind of what I do whenever I go back. And this was supposed to be a five-day trip, and this was day two. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sitting there, you know, for like an hour and a half, and nothing's gone on. It's completely silent. I'm thinking, okay, I'm wigging myself out. You know, there's 
maybe this is maybe it wasn't a rock. You know, I didn't take the time to analyze it. Maybe it was, you know, maybe it was a thick mushroom or something fell off a tree or who knows what this is. You know, I'm wigging myself out. No one answered. So I come back up to the fire. You know, I'm kind of working myself back down, build my fire up a little bit more because it was just embers at this time. You know, for, you couldn't even cook on it. Build it back up. You know, you know, and fire gives most everyone a little bit of confidence, and that that helped me. Uh, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm going to get back to bed. I'm just saying any worries. So, thinking, I got this fire built up, I'm about to hop back in bed. And a rock, pretty much, that's, let's say, you got a 16-inch wheel with a 35-inch tire. Imagine that size, you know, full circumference, coming rolling down like two foot from my fire and stops. Because where I'm camping at, you know, I'm near the river. But it comes down at maybe a 75-degree angle, and then it flattens out. That's where I'm at, and it drops off at 75 again. And this rock comes rolling through and stops. So I know it didn't roll from very far because it didn't gain the momentum to keep going off this little bench that I'm on. And it stops, you know, right to the edge of the bench, and but missed the fire by, like, two foot. And, all right, that's... That's a strange occurrence. Okay, maybe a rock broke loose. You know, there's a ton of loose river rock around here. You know, it is a flood area. So, you know, stuff gets broke loose all the time. Not going to worry about it. Uh, right then, another one comes rolling down with a lot more momentum, runs right through the fire. I'm losing my mind now. There's, there's no way this is happening. No way it's lining up this way. Uh, you know, I, I pull my pistol. I'm, I'm livid. You know, someone's definitely screwing with me. And fire off a couple in the air, complete silence. I do the same thing. I get behind the tree, but no one's going to screw with me like this. So, and I start trying to work my way around them because I know they've got to be uphill at me now. There's no way. I never heard them run. There's no way. But there was no answer whenever I was yelling, especially after the shots. But I don't know if you ever fired a gun in complete silence. Anyways, yeah. it's very deafening. You, know, you lose everything there for about, you know, two minutes, you're not going to hear any minute sounds. And so I'm just like, I got to wait this out. I've got to, I've got to get my sense back about me, get my ears back about me before I can even start to stop on this guy. And so I'm pulling around, uh, after, you know, I waited my two or three minutes, I'm trying to wheel around on this person. And, uh, there's, there's nothing, you know, most of the times whenever you pull a maneuver on someone, especially an individual, they're going to run. They're going to try to gain distance. And the, the trick there is, is usually you run 50, 60 yards and you can get an angle on them. Uh, especially when you've got some sort of, uh, light that's coming about, especially if it's a natural light or if there's a town somewhere nearby, you can angle on them and you can use that for reference. So that's what I did. You know, I ran 50, 60 yards around, take me another 45 at the ridge. And, you know, I said, I'm waiting. And nothing, you know, cutting this story kind of short as far as the way I went through the thought process of sneaking on someone, there was nothing. There was no, no noise, no sound, no movement, nada. You know, I'm close to, by this time, you know, a hundred yards away from my fire. I can just barely see the, the faint light from it. No one's moving. There's not a deer. There's not a bear. There ain't nothing. Uh, so by that point, you know, I know, okay, this isn't a human. There's no there's no random person that's going to outbait me. Uh, or, you know, unless this is someone else that has quite a bit of military training, they're not going to 
they're not going to outflank me. That's for sure, especially in the backwoods of Appalachian Mountains. Um, and either they did, or there's something else going on, because these rocks had to weigh close to 400 pounds a piece. Uh, so no one would, unless they're leveraging them out with something, you know, and moving something bulky. Because you know, if you're using a log, you're going to hear a log snap and it working underneath a rock. There wasn't any of that. It was like this thing just got up and thrown and landed and rolled. That's pretty much the way it went. Jeez. Uh, so pretty much what I did at that point was I waited till, you know, the first light, you know, which, you know, is mostly like a UV blue light that you can see the woods opened up. I packed my crap and I got out because if they're best, the way I viewed it was like, if they're better than me, this, this isn't anything I'm wanting to mess with. And initially, I wasn't thinking any kind of Bigfoot stuff. You know, I'm thinking, this is somebody. And, uh, you know, you give it a week or two really dwelling on what happened. And there's not many options. So they got me to looking into it a little bit more. Uh, you know, and I talked to some some military friends, you know, asking them about that. So I checked with some of them about, you know, happenings of the sort in the area and there's a limited amount maybe three or four and all those are key down to disappearances uh there's not really any other details about it you know you've got a couple people that are let's say bigfoot fanatics that they just swear by it you know everything that makes it sound or noise in the woods is bigfoot and our government pretty much wouldn't confirm or deny on either side of it you know they're not going to say there is or to say there isn't uh so that's kind of where i stood with it was well i don't know what happened but you know, you take the facts of what happened, uh, the way it happened, and let's say it's an outdoorsman who can outsmart me, uh, which uh, you don't know me, a lot of people don't know my background, but I do. You know, close friends know it. Uh, so there wasn't very many things I could blame it on. So, yeah, I got pretty wicked out about it because, you know, in this world, things you don't know about uh, – you know, it, that, that brings fear in you. And I'm not a fan of fear. Uh, I think fear is, fear is, you know, it, it's a feeling. It's not a fact. You know, you have what's coming next and that's all that matters. You know, you deal with what can actually happen. And there was things that weren't, to my knowledge, things that could actually happen to me. So I kind of bailed on the, uh, that area <laughs> for the next year. Uh, didn't really want to deal with it, kind of ignored it. Uh, and and I'm a God fearing man. Uh, you know, I've I'm strong in my faith. So, you know, I bumped around a lot of things. You know, maybe this is something demonic trying to mess with me. Maybe this is uh uh you know, God allowing that. Maybe this is a test of some sort in my life. You know, I was bouncing around on all kinds of things that just sure. been. Uh, but but the facts that that I felt and that I saw, you know, and that I heard, you know, there wasn't much that could point to anything that would move you know, that way they could pick something up that heavy and move it. So yeah, I lean towards the whole Bigfoot thing. Uh, and so pretty much after that, like I said, I, I left a year hiatus on that area. I did a lot more of my fishing further north and further south, but that area I just kind of left alone uh, until I'd say it was more like uh, last June maybe that I started going back into that area. Uh, more because the fishing's so good. You know, it's like I've, I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm used to what happened, you know, kind of in the past. You know, I'm dull to that feeling. Uh, but this time, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit more prepared. Uh, so, and, and when I say prepared, I mean, 
I don't feel comfortable having two clips of 45, you know, seven rounds piece in whatever's going on, you know, especially after that, like last time I'd fired, you know, three of them, two or three of them off and, you know, all I got four left. So, right. uh, I gotta be sparing. So I was a little bit more prepared this time and a lot more comfortable. I, uh, you know, I was carrying more of a tactical pouch with me this time, let's say. So <laughs> I was ready to go to war, uh, if it were to happen. Uh, so I go back into the area, uh, not well it's june now so not this pat or not this june but a year ago now i uh, went back into the area and of course this time it's a lot greener uh you know all the trees there's a ton of red buds and a ton of black oaks in this area so you know it's a lot more dense you know you can't see the ridge top anymore you know, to, or the horizon whatsoever uh, just because of the leaves and uh kind of what went on this time was pretty much went back to the exact same spot more out of curiosity. I just couldn't help it. I've got to go back there because like I said, I don't deal well with fear. I'm going to confront whatever the heck's going on. And so go right back to the same spot, make a point to camp in the same spot. And, uh, you know, that night it was like any other night, nothing went on. No, no, you know, I was definitely aware of what was going on, but like normally I, I went to sleep, no problem. And, for reference, you know, I've, I've had several black bears come up and bump me, you know, I'm swinging in a hammock and they'll bump my butt, you know, there's just smells, you know, that's all they're doing. And it's one of those things where that you just, if you've been around it enough, I hunt bears. Now this is in a national park, mind you, so I'm not hunting them there. Uh, but it's pretty much a respect thing. You know, if you understand the reason they're there, they're not there because they smell human. They're there because, Oh, I smell fish you know, where I smell bacon that they cooked you right. know, the other morning or something of that sort. That's the only reason they're there. And if you let them be, for the most part, you know, I've heard some horror stories. You know, a guy, I think last year, actually got drug out of his hammock. A young boy, he's like 14, got drug out of his hammock by his foot. But if you ever, if you know the locals, you also know this person, they've been cooking, you know, in the same campsite for two days, all their trash, their bacon grease, everything was right there with them. And most likely that's on their feet. You know, they're cooking on a fire. Of course, a bear's going to grab them like that. So it's a respect thing. You've got to be smart about it. And he, he, so I guess that's just to put it in re- or in to put it in uh, perspective of you know the way I am in the woods. And uh, it, I wouldn't claim that unless I'd had other people with me. Like, oh my god, you know that bear was like right next to. You. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever been around the bear, Tony, but you know they're snorting, yeah. sniffing all the time. You know, and for the most part, you hear them walking up to you. And, uh, you can either run them off or you can late. And most of the time for me, it's always, I woke up too late. You know, it's like, oh, well, if I wake up now, it's going to be an aggressive situation. It's better just to let them do their thing. Uh, and so that first night, that's pretty much the way it was. Uh, nothing went on, nothing came by. Uh, you know, I might've heard a raccoon or something come by, which where I was on high alert, you know, I listened to every step <laughs> that went by. Uh, but so I continue on. I, you know, I'm going to do my five days and, you know, I'm going to have a good time with this and kind of put it behind me. And so second day I'm up here, uh, and went further upstream, I hit another stream. That's basically, if you basically it's crossing into North Carolina, you know, you go to the national park, you go across one side, you're on the other side of the ridge. And, uh, like you actually have to cross the Appalachian trail to get to this side of it. And, uh, you know, I was pulling kind of the same thing, you know, doing my fishing upstream and, uh, you know, 
just having a blast getting lost in nature. You know, that's, that's what I'm doing. And, uh, it, I, I made it to a campsite that evening, had my fish with me, you know, but there, there's some campsites that are used regularly and you can tell, you know, there's trees that are cut down, all the, uh, dead woods drug away. There's nothing nearby. You really got to work for it. And I try to avoid those areas just because I don't like, I'm kind of antisocial, I suppose, to be the best way to put it. So I try to find some really oblivious spots that are you're allowed to camp in. And that's what I did this time. And uh, so I'm in my campsite and uh, putting up for the night, you know, got everything cleaned up. And these official campsites, they have places you can string your bag up. You know, if you've got any food, you know, you can run run a cable up and it takes, you know, 25, 30 foot up in the air. And that's really just to keep the bears off of it. So I had all that done. So I've all got on the ground there with me. I've got like an Aldean bottle. I've got my pistol and uh, like a couple little snacks, you know, because whenever I wake up in the morning until the sun crests the ridge, I don't get up. You know, I stay, stay put most of the time. Uh, so I'm sitting there and uh, mind you, it's June. So things should be falling, but kind of the same thing went on where that stuff started landing around me. You know, stuff that's dropping from the trees is the way it sounds. And, you know, instantly I'm thinking, this is the same thing again. You know, I'm, I'm less than a mile from that other area. This is it's a, the exact same way. You know, someone's phone rocks at me. It's not, the, it can't be a person. You know, there's no way they're here in the same area doing the same thing, you know, a year later. And so I just go ahead and get out of my hammock, you know, real calm. And, uh, you know, I put my fire out. And luckily this time, uh, it's more of a uh, crescent moon. You know, I've got a little bit of light coming in. And uh, so I sit down back against the tree right next to my hammock. You know, it's a pretty flat spot here. You can see around you for about 40 yards on flat ground. And then as you go look up the ridge, pretty much that's where the, the tree uh, limbs and the leaves and stuff start kind of thickening up the horizon. And, uh, you know, whenever I'd gotten out, of course, what sounds like acorns dropping stops and you know i'm paying attention to every one of these actions you know, or lack of action i suppose and it's like all right you know this is definitely somebody you know they just haven't hit me yet that's what's going on here um uh, and maybe 30 45 minutes goes by you know and I'm calm because i'm prepared for it this time <laughs> that's a better way of putting it uh and they get back up and I'm starting to see the rocks falling. You know, I can see them hitting around me, and I can see them rolling and bouncing on the ground. So I get a general direction of where they're coming from. So, of course, I'm watching. You know, no different than whenever if you're deer hunting, you know, you hear the sounds, you know, you just start, you vaguely staring at an area looking for movement. And I start picking it up. And it's kind of a, all right, I know if this is a person, I know where you're at. No matter what it is, I know where it's at. But it, let's say I'm, I'm trying to use my reasonable side and say, okay, this is a person that's messing with me, but something still doesn't allow that to be true. Uh, and the, the movement from it, I, I'm probably looking this time. It's probably more of a 45 degree angle up the ridge and they're maybe 50 yards away. Uh, and I can see their arm and it, it coincides with the, with the rocks falling. So there's no doubt that this is someone throwing something. Um, you know, 
what if I'm thinking, what is the intention of this? What is this accomplishing? You know, that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking through all this. You know, and I, the last thing I ever want to do is kill someone. <laughs> I don't want to do that by accident ever. You know, I don't want, if it was some kid or, you know, God knows what it could be. I don't want this to be just a rash decision. So I'm waiting it out. You know, I'm watching them. And this probably goes on for two hours. You know, and I'm guessing by this time it's, you know, 12, 31 o'clock at night or in the morning by this point. And it's like, you know, you've got to have something you're trying to do here. And I almost think, I guess let's put it, I, I'm believing that this is Bigfoot. You know, this is whatever Sasquatch or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, there's got to be something they're trying to accomplish here. Um, because I've seen them move two or three times from tree to tree. I've seen just the outline, just barely. And when I say I, I don't mean like a full figure outline, I mean like the, the top of the head pretty much and i see an arm flicker you know through the the moonlight pretty much and you know it's like what are you trying to do and nothing happened really that night uh i did hear them walk away finally and maybe i'd say this was around four o'clock in the morning uh they finally walked away everything stopped and it's like you know i'm thinking well that's pretty crazy i know someone that they're throwing rocks i can see them moving uh you know, mind you, I don't carry a flashlight with me ever. Uh, I, I, that's just the way I am. I figure if I'm not prepared enough to have a fire and be ready to go, I'm, I shouldn't be there in the first place. You know, I don't like to depend on electronics, uh, anything electronic, really. Uh, my wife now makes me, I got married recently, <laughs> she makes me carry <laughs> a GPS. Yeah, that, so, so she, that if she's so making she's you. Me, Yes, she can ping me, and I can ping her back to let her know I'm alive. That's what she needs, you know. So I do that, and that's about the extent of it. And so anyways, you know, it's 4 o'clock. I hear whatever this is kind of mosey off, and it's not like a fast pace. It wasn't a run, you know. You know, you, you hear a human walk through the woods, and you hear them. It, it's a deliberate step, 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 step. Kind of like a turkey walking off. It sounds, to me, a turkey sounds almost identical to a human walking in the woods. And... uh you didn't hear that. It was like slower than a deer would step. You know, it, it's one step slowly, you know, no heel involved, just the pad of the foot and then wait six, eight minutes. You know, it was very at random. Uh, there was no cracks, no, no twig breaks, nothing like that. It was just like a, a perfect sneak away. <laughs> it's the only way I can describe. I couldn't have done it you know, knowing where they were. And I never saw them whenever they were moving away. Uh, I just noticed the lack of movement. And then I, there wasn't any uh, stones falling, which I'm still thinking, how do you find this many stones? You've been stone stones, you know, like every two minutes for four hours. So like, how do you do this? Because, uh, I mean, I would run out of them if I filled my pockets full. You know, I would be out of stones. Uh, but, you know, after about four o'clock, nothing. Heard him sneak off, you know, real slow. Uh, and that was it for that day. So, you know, then nothing aggressive happened. There wasn't a bear or anything come around. So my thoughts were, well, I'm going to hit the next stream over, you know, which is about another three quarters of a mile. You know, it's actually the same stream. It just branches off at the top. You know, it's got the same spring feed. I'm going to go hit this other one. And that night, um, shortening it up, it was pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> like, I had a full night of little stones being thrown, uh, being able to see arm movement, 
coinciding with the, the stones being thrown. You know, I could see a little bit of the top of an outline on the ridge every once in a while. Uh, and pretty much the exact same distance. Um, so to me, there's no doubt this is not a human. If, it, if there was a human doing this, they're going to have an intention. You know, it's not going to be, they're not just going to throw stones just, you know, because it's fun. They're not going to spend six hours doing that because they enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, to me, you've got to be in your home. You know, that, that'd be like having an ex-girlfriend from high school that you can't stand coming to the living room. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to be the most friendly person in the world? You know, is your wife going to be the most friendly person? Well, no, they're going to be like agitated. Like, please, please leave me. You know, and that's the way I've used it ever since. Uh, so there was two nights, you know, uh, that I've had that. And I've kind of quit going to the area because it, it distracts me from enjoying myself because I get so caught up in what's going on in that area. Uh, and there's three streams. Uh, that feed into there, and one of one of the three branches into two, actually. So I guess you could say four. Um, and that's pretty much what, what's going on there. Uh, but there's not there's not anything I could say. Yeah, I saw full outlines of a bigfoot or anything like that. I'm not playing to that to any extent. It's just I saw an outline. It's definitely human. They've got shoulders. They've got a head. They've got an arm that they're throwing stuff with. You know, I know that's not. Uh, it's not popcorn sudden, <laughs> you know, over there with his moonshine trying to get me to run off, you know. And I don't yeah. think for a second that it, you know, the whole idea of maybe, you know, this is God allowing something to happen to him, you know, some demonic force in the woods. I don't think that for a second anymore. You know, that was me grasping the straws, you know, before. Um, and after hearing it walk away both times, you know, I fully believe that it was flesh and blood. There was something there. Um, so it's uh, that's pretty much where I stand at with it, <laughs> and, and I'm willing to back again. It's just you know I don't have much desire. Like I said, it, it pulls away. You know, I I used to get a lot more time to get out in the woods. Now I do it. You know, maybe four or five times a year. I'll take a week at a time, and I'll you know I'll spend four or five days out there. So I, and so yeah, it just pulls away from my experience just being in the area. So it's became. I'm not afraid to go there anymore. Uh, I know that whatever it is, like I said, I think it's something. It's just it doesn't want me to be there. You just need to get away. You know, I'm going to keep you awake all night if you don't. That's the way I kind of view it now. Uh, and I've never experienced that anywhere else. Uh, I, I've spent the night in the Darien Gap in Central Mexico or Central America, I suppose. But I it, you know, I've, I've spent the night there. Uh, I've been in the jungle and had monkeys, you know, that are messing with you all night. And they're the same way sometimes. They don't, if they don't want you to be there, they're going to let you know it. They're a lot more vocal about right. it too. Like, it's like, get the hell out of my land. You know, I'm, I'm sick of you. Uh, and, you know, other places they don't want, you know, let's say like in Africa, they, they're not going to let you know if something's going to sneak up on you, they're not going to give you fair warning. They're just coming. And, you know, you're taught that, you know, just be ready. You know, you, you might get blindsided in a heartbeat. Be ready for it because you're not going to know it comes. So this is completely different from a lot of other animal aspects. So, uh, like I said, I can relate it to the, the apes a little bit. You know, uh, and uh, what are they? Lemurs. That's I've dealt a lot with lemurs. And they're just really loud and really annoying. They're going to keep you awake all night. So I can relate it to that. Uh, but I never heard any sounds, you know, at least in the mountains here. Uh, 
it, it was just the rocks and, you know, seeing something, you know, a, a body form. Uh, and that's pretty much the extent of what I was went on there. Uh, and I've been, let's say from, you know, I've done the AT two times, you know, in full length and, uh, you know, I've never experienced anything like that while I was doing that. And that was more of a, you know, I want to, I want to know how fast I can do this in, you know, that's the way I did it then. I'm a little bit older now. So I'm not a, a fan of that anymore. So, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what's went on. That, that sums them both up. And, and I've considered going again. And my wife is a big fly fisherman. She, her fisherwoman, she likes to go. Uh, but she's also, she's heard my stories. I'm pretty honest with her about stuff. So she's told me several times, I don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be around that. I don't need that nerve wracking thing. And she knows exactly what I'm talking about. We've hiked through it before, but we never stayed the night. Um, and that's always been things that went on. So, so, when you saw when you saw this thing throwing rocks at you, uh, I know you said you didn't have a flashlight. So were you, were you able to see like the size of the arm or if it had hair on it or anything? No, I couldn't see the size of the arm. Uh, all I could see when that was going on was like the flash of movement. Uh, I could definitely see a shoulder and heads or shoulder and heads shoulder and head. But as far as the size, because of the angle that I was at, you know, once it was really steep, you know, like 75, 75 degrees, probably 70 degrees. And the other one at 45, you know, and they're 50 yards up, you know, you could be six foot tall and still seem like you're nine foot tall. Do I think they were large? Yes. I mean, the head was definitely large. Uh, the arm couldn't say much about the size of the arm. It was, I just saw the flash, you know, where someone was sewing something. And that was all I could keep up with. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and you said that that you heard multiple walking away, right? It wasn't just like one; it was multiple uh, Bigfoot or whatever it was. Yeah, but there was there was more than one movement. I never could track more than one at a time, as far as what I could see the movements. But like, if I, you know, if you ever just sit, like I don't know if you're a hunter or not, but if you're hunting, you know, a lot of times you're not staring at this log, you're not staring at this tree, you're staring in a general direction and you kind of let your eyes close out to pick up the movement. Uh, right. And so when, when you see that little flash, you can zoom in on that spot, like your eyes will focus in that area. And that's pretty much what I was doing. So at most, initially, I thought, you know, this is one, one person or one being, let's say. Uh, but you know, if you get 20 yards between here and there and you don't hear any movement between those spots, well, you got to assume there's at least two, you know, I would say at least two, maybe three, the first night that I had the, the issue. Uh, but the second night, probably two, uh, because I never heard movements between, you know, there, there was maybe 20 yards between the two areas that things were being thrown from and the angles that I was getting the rocks dropping down. And whenever I'm saying these rocks, they're like the size of a a dime maybe, you know, these are very small rocks, uh, but definitely rocks. There's no doubt about it. You know, after, after the first night, you know, I made a point to look, you know, this next time I was up there, they were definitely rocks being thrown. It was like a river gravel, basically, uh, all smooth stones. And, uh, so I would say at most two, but whenever everything was moving, it was, uh, I knew the direction, you know, but it was, if there was more than one moving, it was, very calculated the way they moved. You know, there was one step and then like another minute or two, maybe three minutes, you know, and then the next step, you know, they were in no rush wherever they were doing, you know, or wherever they were going. They, they, they knew how to move in the woods. 
And it's like, if you were moving yourself, you wouldn't have ever heard it. You know, I had to be completely stagnant, you know, almost holding my breath to hear each step. Um, so if I had to say that there was a number, two would be the minimum three at most. Um, so do you think that they were, you know, trying to get you to leave an area or do do you think they were just trying to bother you? It doesn't seem like they were trying to hurt you because I mean, if they were trying to hurt you, you'd think they would take bigger rocks. Right. Whenever I came back the second time, the first time I think it was kind of a fear tactic and looking back at it. Okay. It started with rocks. Like I want to get your attention. You know, you're bothering me. And then I think the rocks, I think it was a convenience thing. You know, where I was at, there was a lot of large rocks anyways. Uh, so to me, it's the thing where, oh, well, I can just roll this down that way, you know, and that he's going to get the point. You know, that's kind of the way I look at it now. Uh, the other time I think it was, I don't think aggressive whatsoever. I think it was an annoyance thing. I want you to leave, but I'm not going to expose myself in any way, you know, uh, you know, just like if it was someone, if you were going to shoot at somebody, you know, they're going to do their best to stay behind a tree the whole time. You know, if they're not aggressive and you were to shoot, they're, you know, I'm not going to come out from behind a tree, you know, unless I have a reason to. Uh, so I think that's pretty much, it was more of a, please get away. You know, that's the way I take it now. Uh, you know, cause I've had a lot of time to think about it <laughs> and, uh, it, it was just like the best way I think that they could, you know, signal to anything you know, if they wanted to leave, if you wanted to, to run a deer off without saying, without a deer seeing you up at the tree stand, I mean, throwing a rock is a good way to get them to run off. You know, they're going to get kind of agitated, a little bit timid. You know, something's not right. I'm going to run off. So that's kind of the way I took it was it wasn't aggressive. It was, you know, just get out of the right. area. You know, I think they wanted me to be somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very common thing. I mean, uh, uh, it, it's just one of those things where a lot of people report very similar actions and that's obviously one of them. Uh, you know, you kind of hinted towards it in the beginning of the interview. Uh, but what do you think these things are, man? I mean, like, do you think that they're just literally just natural animals that we just haven't found yet? Or do you think there might be a little bit something more to it, but not necessarily a paranormal aspect? Uh, no, I don't think there's a paranormal aspect, um, personally. Uh, and with talking to some other people that, I'm not a fan of talking to, let's say, civilians about stuff like that because people's mind like to run. I like to talk to people that have been trained the same way I have, that they you deal with facts. This is what happened. This is what's going on. This is where it was. This is what's you know where these people are. You know stuff like that. So I take it. Yeah, I think that this is a flesh and blood thing. That um, you know, it's just a reclusive thing. You know, I, I kind of believe in the whole nocturnal side of it, kind of like deer. Uh, you know, you're going to see it have a lot more deer movement um, whenever it's completely dark. You know, I think that not that I've ever shined anything like this, but I imagine they probably have that uh, photo layer behind their eyes, you know, the, the mirror side of it. I'm sure that they would probably have a glare or eye shine if you shined them uh, just because how comfortable they were in the dark. Uh, and I've been able to to find things like, you know, I imagine that this, if it is a Bigfoot, it doesn't have pockets. So <laughs> they're finding these rocks, you know, in the dirt and throwing them. So I think that, I think it's flesh and blood, you know, that just 
throw that out there yeah. as a solid answer. Yeah, I, I think it's a natural thing. Here, I think there's a limited number. Uh, and Nick, let's see how to put it. I would put them on an intelligent, they're definitely intelligent, whatever it is. Um, and, but I can't say much more other than it, it probably is more of some kind of relation to an ape of some sort. Um, and, and that's talking to some other people kind of like me, um, that have had similar experiences. Most of those are in Virginia, actually, the people I know. Um, but, but they view it the same way. Uh, there's never been anything aggressive for them. It's always been like an annoyance <laughs> and, uh, never in the daytime ever. Um, so to me, it's, it's just some, it, it's no different than those lemurs, you know, they're loud and, you know, though I don't believe they're smart, you know, a lemur at least. Uh, so whatever this is, it's large, big, bigger brain. They're going to think things through, you know, I've done a little bit more looking into it you know, since then, uh, kind of admitting to myself, you know, what actually happened. So they're probably, you know, vocal, at least I hear you hear about them being vocal all the time. You know, there's all kinds of recordings on the internet if you want to, whether they're really not, but if they are, you know, I'd say, you know, for every five that's real or five that's fake, there's maybe one that's real. Um, you know, I've heard some stuff that if it is, it's not anything else I've heard in the woods. You know, I've heard coyotes going nuts. So some of the stuff I've heard on the internet, it's like, oh, that, that definitely ain't a coyote. You know, that's not a raccoon fighting the big thing. That's definitely not a bear. You know, I've heard elk bugling. That's definitely not an elk. You know, I've heard monkey screeching. It's close to that. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I've heard a uh, orangutan just absolutely bellow, you know, <laughs> from the gut. And there's some similar sounds there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I have like these mixed opinions on it where like, I definitely think they're physical creatures and I think they can be killed. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, I hear, I hear other people's stories. I'm like, well, it seems like they have other abilities too that I don't quite understand. It's just, it can be confusing at times, yeah. but I, I definitely believe that they are physical creatures. I do believe that they can be killed. Um, but I do think that there are, there are more to these things than uh, than we can understand right, at this point, at least. Uh, I think there's something right. there's something about these things that uh, we just it's it's different. It's just different, and so yeah. Well, you know, like I follow uh, Les Stroud, you know, Survivor Man. I'm a big fan. I love the way he does stuff. Uh, I've actually had a few conversations with him. Not that he would know me. Don't think I'm claiming that for a second. But we've had some online conversations about some stuff. More not at all to do with this. But that I know he's a, he's a real man. You know, he's a real person. He lives what he does. I mean, I, I think very highly of him. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff he's had going on and his personal accounts. You know, maybe there is a little bit more to it, but I don't have any, I, I don't have anyone that I know on a first name basis or first name basis at least that can can make that claim. You know, right? Um, because from what I understand, he's a pretty big believer now. You know, and a proponent of the whole Bigfoot movement. If you want yeah, to call it that, big time. Uh, so, you know, from what I see from that man, he's straightforward on everything. I don't think he's going to BS anybody. Um, and and that's one of the things that you know that kind of made me admit to myself was you know watching some of the stuff this man's dealt with. 
and what he has to say about it. And I like to think I've spent a lot of time in the woods, but I imagine he's probably spent a little bit more. Uh, he's a little bit more hardcore than I am. Right. So, um, so you know, in, in watching some of his things, you know, there, there's been stuff that involves lights. You know, I, I think there's one that he was doing in Alaska that involved that, you know, had some lights going on. Didn't have any other encounters, but he thinks they may go hand in hand, but he's not going to make any kind of claim, you know. So, I think I stand on the same side. You know, it's just, it's flesh and blood. It's it, it's intelligent enough. Uh, they have their own realm, per se. You know, I know the woods pretty good, but they probably know it better than me. If I spent 24-7, you know, I'm going to have my places to hide out. I'm going to have my ways For to get sure. somewhere. You're never going to know. Uh, you know, someone, you know, before we actually started the interview, you know, I was, talking, I was down in a holler, you know, where we had terrible phone reception. And, you know, if someone came down there on me, I'm going to know it. You know, the moment they step foot inside my ridge, I'm going to know, you know, it's just, there's, I know my, my land, you know, and, and, you know, maybe I'm a little paranoid, so I've isolated myself that way, but I know, I know my property and I imagine they probably know theirs. Uh, I can't imagine how they wouldn't. So, but again, that's kind of why I go back to, it's a flesh and blood thing. I don't think there's much anything, nothing has proven to me uh, that it's, there's anything paranormal going on surrounding it. You know, it's just, they are what they are. Like you said, I believe, you know, if one walked out 30 yards from me, I'm going to probably put two in the chest and one in the head. You know, <laughs> they're going to be done for, uh, given the opportunity, because, you know, there's so much around this, you know, especially, you know, with the, the internet age here and uh, everyone's able to communicate everywhere and talk about everything, you know, Hey, I'm not, not, I don't care about being famous, but this is such a big thing. I would want to prove it, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, and that's the only way it's ever going to happen. You know, there's going to have to be flesh and blood and it's going to have to be laid out in front of somebody. And it's not going to be able to be something like you take it to the big game cooking station and you know, the game warden's like, Oh crap. You know, cause who knows? They might know something about it and sworn to privacy about it, or they might have someone else they call them. And that it's a hush hush thing. I imagine this has already happened. You know, I think so. It, it's, it, there's one I've been killed and it's like, Oh my God, you know, we've got, we can't let this get out. You know, people are going to quit going into the mountains, you know, like Smoky Mountain National Park is their, their attendance is going to either skyrocket or it's going to plummet because no one wants to be near this. And so that's kind of the way I think it is. Uh, who is, you know, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, he's wrote about this stuff. That was something else. I, that's one of those men that I hold in high regards. And I've read a lot of his memoirs and he's talked about encounters with these wild men. And then I think Teddy's kind of the man, <laughs> you know, as far as presidents go. Yeah. And so it's, how can you take a memoir that he, this man that was so well known that did so much, especially for our, uh, for wildlife conservation and just dismiss everything he wrote about. Why, why would a man like that lie about something, you know? And, and, you know, if anything, he's wanting to protect it, you know, that that's just, a, it, there's so many things that lead up to it. There's so many, so much factual evidence, you know, from reputable people that are coming forward over the ages, you know, how can it not be real? And, and this, like I said, it's, it's just been over time, you know, for me, at least reading all this stuff and slowly gaining interest in it, uh, you know, that I finally come to that conclusion. Um, and, and talking to other people, like I, I have some friends that are, 
well up in the military and you ask them certain things like, Hey, is this real or is this not? And it's sometimes you'll get a, yeah, it's real. And then other times you'll get a, I can't really say, you know, and you know, it could be something way off the wall and they still might answer like that. You know, they're, they're good. <laughs> you know, they're, they're good at lying. And even if, like one of them, I grew up with the boy, you know, he's the same age as me, but he's still enlisted and, you know, he does some big stuff and he, uh, you know, I'm not like I'm saying, but there's some things that have been confirmed that blow my mind. So if those things are real, why not this? You know, uh, he doesn't do a lot of ground stuff. So, <laughs> so he, I don't think he's able to get clearance for everything, but the ones that pertain to him, he definitely does. And he's confirmed them for him. Now you might have to get a few drinks in him before he will, but he'll let him slip to the people that he's known since he was nine, you know? So, so yeah, that's where I stand on that. <laughs> well, and it's too much. I, I totally, I totally get it, man. I mean, uh, everybody has, you know, their own opinions as to what these things are, but, uh, right. you know, I definitely, I definitely agree with a lot with, with what you said and stuff. And I do, I do definitely think that the only way this thing is ever going to be proven is if you take one down and you bring the body in. I don't think that you can bring the body in just to one location. I think you're going to have to chop that body, body up and take it to several locations yeah. very quickly, all at the same time, preferably, uh, to help keep from uh, it getting in the wrong hands. I think it's going to have to be done very quickly, uh, very tactfully. And uh, I just don't know how many people that actually have the opportunity to take one down would know to execute on that kind of level. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Because honestly, if I was in that moment, you know, I wouldn't think about that right Right, now. I'd be like, oh my gosh, look at what how people are, are going to be amazed. I wouldn't be thinking about, oh, I got to prove it to everybody. I got to cut this thing into five pieces, let alone trying to drag the thing out. You know, from what I hear, you know, even a, supposedly these infants are weighing, you know, they're being born at like 30 pounds probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, oh, well over 150, you know, dead weight, that's not easy to get around. And where I've been at, I sure wouldn't want to be dragging out no 150, 200 pound deer, let alone whatever this thing might weigh. <laughs> so, cause from what you hear, you know, they assume anywhere from five to 800 pounds. You know, I can't imagine. Uh, now one thing I will add, I never did look at where in this area. Uh, now that I think about it, I never looked at where, let's say that Bigfoot was standing. I never went up there and investigated that, uh, more from lack of, I didn't need to in the moment. Uh, let alone I didn't have anything that I could take a picture with or anything like that. But I knew something was there. I knew something was slowing. I knew it was upright. So there wasn't any much more reason for me to go up there. So I will add that in there, but I didn't investigate the ground or anything of that sort because I wasn't really concerned with it. So that might take away from the credibility, but <laughs> in no way yeah. in no way am I a big foot hunter or anything like that. I just enjoy being outside and the serenity itself. So I get it, man. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I'll tell you what, Andy. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this story and stuff, and talking a little bit. It's been, uh, it's been interesting because a lot of times you hear people say that they see these things, but uh, you saw the arm actually throwing the pebbles or the stones or whatever it was. But it seems to me like it didn't really want to hurt you and stuff. So that's good. Uh, but um, I, go ahead. Oh, I'll say no. I don't. I don't feel that way at all. Uh, I think it was an annoyance. I was on their nerves. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Andy, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, glad to do it.
All right, brother. Take care. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you can do to help support the show. One, go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Two, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals. That's patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron to help support the show. And three, you can go ahead and share the link to the show that you're listening to right now around social media. That will help expose the show to an audience that didn't know about the show beforehand. And until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Pulling up, pulling up, shut it down when I'm pulling up. Come around when I'm pulling up, in my town and I'm pulling up. Ready for anything, anyone, know that I get it done. In the bands, I be pulling up. Tell your friends, cause I'm pulling up. Ready or not, I be pulling up. Remember, they said I'm not good enough. I took all the energy, turned it to greatness. Now look at my life, man, it's looking amazing. I'm ready for anything, anyone. I've been so ready for everything I become. When I was stuck, I had no other option. Believed in myself when the shit wasn't popping. I got it like that. Who you know got it like that? Who you know getting degrees and they rapping like they got diplomas and rap? Made it this far and I still got a lot to accomplish. In fact, and I know they believe it. I'm talking arenas from LA to Sweden. I never stop winning. I feel undefeated. I come to your city and everyone pulling up. Pulling up, shut it down when I'm pulling up Come around when I'm pulling up In my town and I'm pulling up Ready for anything, anyone Know that I get it done In the bands I be pulling up Tell your friends cause I'm pulling up Pulling up, shut it down when I'm pulling up Come around when I'm pulling up In my town and I'm pulling up Ready for anything, anyone Know that I get it done In the bands I be pulling up Tell your friends cause I'm pulling up Pull up, I get what I want I need a million ones I need a couple of states To put all the haters back into their place Now bring in the base Ay, ready for the big league Never gonna miss me When I'm on the TV I'm the MVP Whenever they hear me, kill it They be coming at me But I hit them with a pivot I've been ready for the shit Never gonna, never gonna quit Pull up and I'm never gonna miss Everybody want it But I know I gotta get it I've been dedicated to a life I know I gotta live Hey, I feel it coming I settle for nothing I know what I need And it's more than the money It's more than a woman Not easy to reach But I know that I gotta be Pulling up Pulling up, shut it down when I'm pulling up Come around when I'm pulling up In my town and I'm pulling up Ready for anything, anyone Know that I get it done In the bands I be pulling up Tell your friends cause I'm pulling up Pulling up, shut it down when I'm pulling up Come around when I'm pulling up In my town and I'm pulling up